0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 31st, 2018. My name is Philip Ross and I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd Before I get to anything else, I made a, an egregious error yesterday. That I need to correct right now. I did not mention or wish good luck or do anything to recognize the attacking national champions, UCF Knights, and their opener on Thursday. So here I am, leading off today's show, to make up for this, to congratulate the attacking, the attacking champion, UCF Knights, On their big win over UConn to start their season, uh, scoring more than 50 points, holding UConn to 17 points, and looking very, very impressive. Mackenzie Milton with five touchdowns on the day. Did not skip a beat. Your attacking national champions are 1-0 on the season, and now we can move on as they get set for South Carolina State next Saturday. By the way, my Northwestern Wildcats are also 1-0, as uh, they have the longest Power 5 winning streak in the nation. See what I did there. But that's either here nor there. Of course, you can check out some of the great podcasts on the Locked On College Podcast Network as they get set for the first weekend of games. Check out Locked On Alabama to get yourself ready for Louisville, Alabama. And of course, the great podcast on the Locked On NBA Podcast Network. I was recently a guest on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, um, to discuss your line. No magic, did a good season preview there. And on today's episode, I'm going to do a little bit more of kind of offseason recap. We're at Labor Day now, which, as I've said before, Labor Day is kind of the uh, end of the summer for everyone, but it's sort of when a lot of players begin trickling back into t- into town and start doing more organized workouts together as a group in town. You probably won't hear much about it, but we saw uh, Terrence Ross, Aaron Gordon, Melvin Frazier, and Mo Bamba out at Top Golf earlier this week. If you follow them all on Instagram, Jonathan Simmons was among the several Magic players. Who went to the Beyonce Jay Z concert a few nights ago as well? So many of the Magic players are back in town. Evan Fournier is still in France uh, with the uh, doing his basketball camp, but he should be heading back into town soon. So you'll start to see Magic players uh, back in town. You'll they'll probably be working out together. They'll probably be playing pickup together as they prepare for the season. As we are now in real crunch time, September uh, at the end of September, training camp will begin. And the season will become very, very, very real. And, and, of course, we cannot wait. So we want to do a little recap of the offseason and, and some of the big issues facing the team on today's episode. Of course, it, it wasn't a super busy offseason for the Orlando Magic. There's, there's just no way around it. Orlando didn't do a lot of the moves and a lot of the things that I think a lot of people expected them to do. Meaning, they, they didn't turn the roster over. It's still largely the same roster from last year, in fact. The biggest trade that they made, the biggest move that they made, uh, aside from drafting Mohamed Bamba, was to trade Bismack Biombo to the Charlotte Hornets, getting back Timothy Mozgov and and Grant in return. That's honestly the biggest free agency move the Magic made. Otherwise, they stayed pretty quiet. And this, of course, was to be expected. Orlando had to spend most of their cap room to re-sign Aaron Gordon, and so there really wasn't a lot of maneuverability for them. There wasn't really wasn't the opportunity for them to... Make that big splashy move, or to make the move that might, you know, rattle the Apple cart a little bit more or or, or change things in a dramatic way. If, if an opportunity came along, I'm sure the magic would have explored it. I'm sure the magic did explore it. But if there wasn't anything worth doing, there was no reason to force the issue. this is This is a front office that has continually said uh, and continually signaled that they're not going to make change to make change. Indeed, that decision, as well as several of the other decisions the Magic made, especially not addressing the point guard position. That decision shows that the Magic are focused on their future. They're not thinking about short-term success. They're thinking about long-term success. The most controversial move or non-move that the Magic made was not to sign Isaiah Thomas. It it appeared through reporting that there were some conversations, that they did, did talk to him um, or at least showed some interest, but a contract never came up and Orlando did not sign him. Obviously, he's with the Denver Nuggets now. I, for one thought that bringing in Isaiah Thomas would have been a very good thing for the team. I thought that it would you know add a little juice for the fans. It's a no lose situation. I think I don't I'm not saying it was a bad decision not to sign him because I don't think that, but I think I would have pursued the matter, especially since Thomas only signed for the minimum and Orlando left their mid-level exception completely unused. Or almost completely unused. They did use a little bit of it. But it's not the end of the world either because the Magic's focus was not on adding a one-year guy like an Isaiah Thomas to make the team more competitive today. If the Magic were trying to do that, they would have been shopping Nikola Vucevic around a lot more. They would have been shopping Evan Fournier around a lot more. they Probably would have been shopping Jonathan Simmons or Terrence Ross around a lot more. And if they really wanted to find a deal, I am certain they could. It's the NBA. There's a trade today between Phoenix and Houston. A Brandon Knight, Ryan Anderson, bad contract swap, and Marquise Chris coming to, coming to Houston, and DeAnthony Melton going to, Houston, going to Phoenix. There are still deals to be made, although this is just not the time of year teams make deals. But the Magic, as an organization right now, do not seem interested in making deals for the sake of making deals. They do not seem interested in change for the sake of change. They seem interested in doing things that have a purpose, that take the team forward in some way. Take that Jerry and Grant deal, for instance. Now... Trading Bismack, Biombo, and Timothy Mozgov is exchanging two bad contracts. There's just no way around it. They're both really bad contracts. They both expire the same year. Mozgov's paid a little bit less. But the Magic did that deal and gave up two future seconds, which probably weren't going to amount to very much, to get Jaren Grant. Now, Jaren Grant hasn't been a super impressive player in the NBA so far. He's, he's carved out a nice little niche for himself, um, but hasn't quite delivered, and, and you know what he can do is still a big question mark. What he can do consistently, at least, is still a big question mark. But the Magic are a team willing to give that kind of a player a flyer. I know people who think that Jerry and Grant will eventually be the starter for the Magic this year over DJ Augustin, and I can't say that I disagree with that. I think he could be if he develops the right way, if he turns out the right way. But it's all a big unknown and it's a low-risk move because Jerry Grant's a free agent if it doesn't work out. The Magic, I thought, might go after some more long-term money because they're not ready to play free agency yet. But again, a deal never materialized. They, they didn't do the Luol dang thing or, or anything like that. And so the Magic in every move that they made had a focus, it seemed, on players they could develop and fit their timeline and players who weren't going to hurt them their overall outlook for the long-term future. Even if it meant taking a little bit of a short-term hit. They didn't want to sign an Isaiah Thomas because A, he doesn't fit the kind of player that the Magic are looking to, to, to build around. And that kind of stuff matters. You want a player who's fully committed to this group right now. And fits the style of play you want. want. But adding in Thomas would also take the ball out of Jonathan Isaac's hands or Aaron Gordon's hands. And maybe those are the players that really matter to you and their development really matters to you. Because you already have guys like Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic who also will need the ball. So again, maybe you take a little bit of a short-term hit, but it puts the ball in the hands of the guys that you really care about, that you really want to see develop and become an integral part of this team's future. And so the Magic's free agency plan, the Magic's off-season strategy, was one to, first off, maintain some financial flexibility, to slowly get yourself out of the kind of cap hole that you're in. Orlando's slowly getting there. Next summer, they'll have a little bit more cap room, but not a whole lot more. Summer after that, maybe that's the summer they, they attack. And so you hope that you're slowly building and progressing to have a team that's attractive to free agents. The second thing the Magic wanted to do was to make sure they found guys that fit the culture they're trying to build. Jaren Grant has that physical profile. Melvin Frazier... Justin Jackson, have that physical profile. Mohamed Bamba certainly does. And so when when you look at how the Magic are being graded this offseason, yes, there were missed opportunities, whether the Magic wanted to pursue them or not, but they're not killer. Did the Magic make themselves appreciably better this summer? No. Was that the goal? That part's probably debatable. Did they get set on the right track, on the right path? It's hard to tell with so few moves that were made. But the Magic had a strategy, they had a thought, they had an idea of what they wanted to get done this summer. And they stuck to it, even if it meant sitting out. Of course, sitting out free agency and sitting out um, those opportunities to add new players puts added pressure now on the next group. It puts added pressure on the guys that are already here, trying to find their fit in this new Magic landscape. This is, of course, year two of the Jeff Weltman experiment. And while the first year he said we're looking to evaluate and, and didn't as very wishy-washy about players on the roster, now he knows who they are. Now he knows how they fit and what he wants to do with them, or perhaps has a better idea of what he wants to do with them. And so that now puts the pressure back on the players to prove their worth and prove that they fit. Everyone in Orlando is excited about the potential big lineup. Bamba, Isaac, Gordon, the the victorious B.I.G. Those three players are the future of this team. They're A, the youngest guys, B, the high draft picks, they obviously invested money in Gordon. Isaac and Bamba, the last two picks. Those are the guys that the Magic, again, are going to be really focused on developing, especially Isaac and Bamba, to be perfectly honest. So where does that leave Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic? With Vucevic, with Bamba now in the fold, it feels like the inevitable is going to happen sooner than later. In an article in The Athletic, Michael Scotto wrote, wrote about, wrote, writing about Bamba said, it seems pretty clear. And, and I think people around the league expect that the Magic will aggressively shot Vucevic once the season starts and, and closer to the deadline. That his days in Orlando are numbered. It seems like a harsh way to put it because Vucevic has put in six solid individual years, at least, in Orlando. But... Everyone also recognizes that he's not the answer at center. And with Mohamed Bamba waiting in the wings, whenever he is ready to start, the Magic are going to make the move probably to start him. Now, I think they're still going to bring him along slowly. I don't think that it's going to be a rush job to get Bamba into the starting lineup. But Orlando's also not going to wait. Or when when Bamba's ready, if Bamba's the best option, he's going to start. He's too important to this franchise not to do that. And so, Vucevic has to again fend off another suit, another person trying to take his center spot. And he may just run out of time. Vucevic is by no means a bad player. I, I always want to make that clear. I, I feel like we criticize him a lot, but... He's good for what he is. He's absolutely a fine player. He's been a great player for the Magic over the last five or six years. But we all know his shortcomings. We all know his game. But this is the peak of Vucevic's career. This is his prime. He's 28, 29 years old. He's coming off a fantastic season where he added a three-point shot to his game, where he had the highest assist rate of his career. Or, you know, his scoring average was back up to a comfortable number and you average nearly a double double. None of that's gonna go away anytime soon. But the question is whether he fits this group or whether he has a place on this team in the future. That that's that's a big question. The bigger question on that front goes to Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier has done nothing but perform in each of his seasons, both in Orlando and in the NBA. His scoring average has increased every year in the NBA. He returned to an efficient style of play last year with Aaron Gordon next to him and Nikola Vucevic next to him after struggling a bit as the primary perimeter player during the, the Serge Ibaka year. It was a great bounce-back season for Evan Fournier. He had a fantastic year last year, but like Vucevic, everyone kind of recognizes his limitations. He shouldn't be the number one scoring option on any team. He struggles a lot on the defensive end. He's passable, but not great. And so while Fournier does a good job putting in the work, he too is nearing the peak of his career. He's 26 years old, 27 years old, so he's about to enter his prime. The Magic are going to get some good years from Evan Fournier. I think he'll be very good next year, especially if Gordon takes the leap we're expecting to make and Fournier can can be more of an off-the-ball guy. I think that there is another leap to his game, but it's not much. It doesn't feel like it's much, at least. Maybe Evan will prove us all wrong. But Evan Fournier may not fit the direction this Magic team wants to go. Now his contract's going to make it a little bit tougher for him to get dealt, but he's, as much as everyone else, trying to find his way in this team. He's trying to to kind of differentiate himself and create a place for himself in this team's future, And, and that part is not clear. As I wrote a while back, Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier feel like the last holdovers of the Rob Hennigan era. They're not Jeff Waltman guys, at least in, in the sense that, that we're seeing him, him draft and, and, and pick out. And so Fournier, this year especially, has to prove his worth. He has to prove that he belongs on this team and in this team's plans for the future. And that's going to be... a tall task. It's going to be a tough task for him to accomplish. And we'll see if he can do it. But for Fournier and Vucevic, their futures with this team are as up in the air as they've ever been. They've both put in great work for this team. They've both been solid players, but in the roles the Magic have asked them to play as leading scorers, as leading offensive options, the Magic simply haven't been able to win. And so they either have to redefine themselves, prove their worth again, or probably more realistically, find new homes whenever that day comes. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philipr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We will be off on Monday. No podcast on Monday. We'll hopefully be ramping back up. I'm hoping to have a couple guests on the show in the coming week. Um, We'll talk, hopefully, some Grant Hill, get some thoughts on his Hall of Fame induction coming up next week, Uh, talk a little bit about Magic history as well, as Orlando Pinstripe posted their ranking of the top Players in Magic history, so we'll talk a little bit and compare our lists over the last couple of years. So lots of good stuff coming up here on Locked on Magic before we get to the regular, before we get to training camp. But training camp is on the way. We're very, very excited to get going with that. But until then, have a great Labor Day, everyone. Enjoy the football this weekend. Um, hopefully your team wins. I'll know. I'll be cheering for the Gators. I'll probably begrudgingly be cheering for the Seminoles. Um, and I definitely will be cheering for Miami because Will Ogburn, we'll the Tigers, blow. And I'm spelling blow the correct way, B-L-O-W. But until next time, this has been Philip Rosenreich of Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network